0: Thanks for joining the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, where we discuss best practices in HR, hot topics, strategy, and employment law changes that have an impact on business. Follow us on our website at www.zeniumhr.com to get access to our articles, alerts, and to listen to other podcast episodes. And now, here's your host, Brandon Laws, with today's episode.
1: Welcome, everybody. This is the HR for Small Business podcast. I am Brandon Laws and I am with Ann Donovan, who is the president of Zenium. Welcome, Ann.
0: Thank you. Glad to be here.
1: So today we're going to actually talk about from you have a unique perspective being in HR your whole career and now being a leader of a company that does HR consulting. I thought it'd be kind of fun to talk about really the, the past and future of HR. Like, what does it mean? So give us some perspective from from your career. And it firsthand look, what did the past ten to twenty years in HR look like? What did it? What what place did it have in business?
0: You know, it's really evolved a lot. Um, when I first started in this business, HR was perceived more as the compliance department. Um, how do I not get sued? And and also, it was perceived as uh, how do we get the administrative work done? You know, the onboarding and the benefits paperwork, and really focused on just the admin side. And now, snapshot forward, we really see HR as perceived as a business partner and helping managers and leaders of the business really frame up the culture of the organization. How do we um, recruit and hire the best talent? And then how do we retain them? Because that's really kind of the big um, push we see in HR today.
1: So when you look back on your career, I mean, you've had many different roles and you've seen other other HR professionals, colleagues that have had different roles. So what, like in the spectrum of what HR was responsible for in the past, and maybe even still to this day, what what are some of the things that HR was responsible for?
0: So uh, when I first started as an HR generalist, it was really my first position in the the Zenium framework. HR is responsible for a lot of employee relations, and that's still true today. I think, you know, you need a really solid consultant who can help win things go sideways. And, and that is definitely still a part of it. What I see more of now is that HR is tasked with not just stating what the rules are. If you do this, that's against the rule. If you do that, that's okay. Um, and I think that HR has been perceived as the department of no.
1: Yeah, exactly. More policy-driven than more philosophical, really.
0: Yeah. So now um, what I look for in an HR business partner when we're hiring new people into our company is people who think on their feet and who think like business people, not just HR compliance people. And that's where we really start to stand next to our managers and leaders um, as colleagues saying, here's some things to think about and here's some options as opposed to, oh, you can't do that.
1: So it's interesting in our business when we first engage with a business who's thinking about engaging with us for for HR. Maybe they already have HR. Maybe they maybe they don't. But HR sometimes will fall under like a financial person's bill. Why why is that? Because I think it's a it's a model people have been practicing for years. Why does HR end up falling under an HR? Financial persons. I
0: I think that's because it's always been perceived as just an administrative function. Exactly. So the leader, whether that's the CFO or the accounting manager, um, will often, and it hasn't been perceived as I think really a strong part of the company. So it will be scooted under as you know one of many things that the financial person has to lead. So now it's becoming much more of a, a department of it in and of itself. Oftentimes it reports to the top leader of the organization because the finance people, sometimes they have a great knack for doing both the financial and the HR, but many times that's not their core competency and what they really want to focus on. So in that case, it's really important to have the people side of the business reporting to the top leader of the company.
1: So, in HR is really not a one-size-fits-all for every company. Every company is a little different in, in terms of their size and their, the available resources that they have. What's a common structure for HR, though? I mean, and maybe talk about the different types of companies that are out there.
0: You bet. So, what we see in terms of the clients that we serve is, you know, the small business generally doesn't have even one person dedicated to HR. It, it usually is under the financial person mm-hmm. or the accounting manager or it's a free-for-all and no one really owns HR. And then at about 50 employees, oftentimes companies will assign one individual to be the end-all, be-all, department of one is what we call those folks. And that's a hard job because that's where you have to do all of the administrative, all of the generalist work, and even stretch to the strategic if you're if you're wanting to do things right. Um, what the Xenia model does oftentimes is wraps around those individuals and helps with technical support supervisory and leadership training, and a little bit of the best practice background that we have. And so you can kind of get the best of both worlds. It's hard to be the department of one.
1: Yeah, and the department of one, I guess in kind of summing that up, it's hard to scale it, right? It really is. Because you're trying to do not only administrative, compliance-oriented things, but you're also trying to be strategic in, in nature too and push new initiatives forward. And And so what do you think, uh, kind of present day and going forward, what, what are most companies thinking about it in terms of HR? What new initiatives are they doing? How are they trying to structure the department? I know mean, was kind of a big question, but that's what are great, you seeing?
0: Great question. What we're seeing a lot today is the culture initiative. Companies are recognizing that it's not just about hiring people giving them a salary and a benefits package and saying, you know, good luck with that and, you know, hope everything goes well. Employees expect a, an environment that is uh, engaged where they have a professional development plan. Um, it's about money, but it's about a lot of other things too. And in this market, it's hard to find really good people. So you do have to have more than just a paycheck and a benefits package to attract the best and brightest. And then once they're on board... How are you going to keep those folks? Because if you want top performance for your company, you're going to have to hire top performers.
1: This is just an interesting observation that I've had over the last couple of years. But when I know there's a change happening, you could start start to see like title changes in HR, um, VP of people, VP of growth, you name it. I mean, I'm seeing these titles out there, whereas HR generalist was a pretty common title. So what, I mean, so obviously business leaders are thinking, HR is more strategic than it than we've actually treated in the past. Absolutely,
0: and we've changed our titles too. We used to be HR managers, HR account managers. We now call them HR business partners and strategic HR partners, because we know that in order to have that proverbial seat at the table, you can't just be an administrative function that is quoting state and federal law about what you can and can't do. You have to be creative. You have to think like a business person and be on that side of the table with your leaders and managers.
1: So in the next 10 to 20 years, I know that's really far out, but okay, let's start with the next 10 years. What do you Where do you think HR is going?
0: I think over the next 10 years that this concept of how do you do workforce planning and attract and retain the best and the brightest is the number one thing in HR. People competing for talent will be the most important thing to help companies be successful.
1: And that is strategic because you have to think differently because your competition is going after the same pool of people, right? And that's why I think there's a lot, probably a lot of emphasis on the re- attracting and retaining talent. Yeah,
0: and it's not just about money. It's about creating an environment where people feel they're doing meaningful work. That they have someone or the company in general looking out for their professional development because people, millennials especially, they're not going to just stay in the same position. They want to grow and they want to know that there's a dialogue within their company about how they're going to get to their next level.
1: So when you talk about like supporting that, that vision, how do you think an HR structure will look?
0: Well, I think that the titles will continue to evolve and it won't, you know, as the company gets bigger, there's obviously more resources to support this. But there may be factions where you have business partners who work on employee relations and best practice compliance and then a whole nother person or department that's working on culture and organizational development and, you know, all of those things that are the softer side of making a great company.
1: One of the last questions I have for you is, what new responsibilities, if if it doesn't already have, uh, HR doesn't have the responsibility today, what, what do you think they're going to have in the future?
0: I think that HR is going to need to develop and attract really dynamic people because this competition for talent means that we can't just have standard onboarding practices where you fill out a set of forms and say, there you go, good luck. Um it's gonna be it's gonna require people who think like business people and who are really dynamic individuals themselves and our recruiters, mm-hmm. that that when candidates are in the process, they are delighted by the experience they have with their recruiter, with the person who welcomes them to the company the first day, with the person who's going through their benefits package, and then all of the opportunities that HR can create for those employees to continue to develop them after they've already gotten entrenched in the company.
1: Given that we're talking about HR and, and talent and all those things. How do you, like, from the time that you were in school learning about HR and got your certificate and started in the workforce, what do you think has changed about that educational process with with HR? Because I'm sure you were learning more about compliance-oriented things back in college. Do you think schools are now teaching more about the strategy of retaining talent, figuring out ways to recruit
0: Absolutely. Culture of
1: those those things.
0: Absolutely. Because uh, and, and we, you know, have had challenges sometimes with making sure that we can find the right people for the business partner role that we hire for, because it, it requires more than just understanding the law or just understanding how to navigate through an employee relations issue. It's really got to be more creative and, and more focused on how are we going to help solve business problems. As opposed to just following the rules, because following the rules is important, right? We all yeah, want to do the right thing for our employees and our company, but it, the answer can't just be no, you can't do that. It needs to be how can we help the business solve a problem and also support these really valuable employees, and that requires people who think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so, what do you think has changed going back 20 years to to now, and where it's going in the future? What do you think? Where do you think the perception has changed with business owners about HR?
0: Yeah, I think in in the past, business owners have seen HR as a necessary evil. Not everybody, but certainly our experience is, oh, I I, I don't want to get sued, so I need to talk to an HR person to make sure that I don't get sued. Mm -hmm. Um, And now I think people realize that people who are really good at HR and are trained in it, they have a seat at the table. And they can really make a difference in the the execution of really good HR practices, whether that's strategic planning and workforce planning or um, gracefully managing a transition for an employee that is really important. And it's not as simple as just coming up with this is, these are the reasons why this person needs to leave. And here's the final paycheck. It's a a lot bigger issue than that. And we care about people. Our, Mm -hmm. our value prop is, is that, you know, it's about people and how do you help folks come into the organization gracefully? And if necessary, leave the organization gracefully.
1: And so going forward, how do you want it to be perceived? Not only to business owners, but to employees as well.
0: Yeah, that's a great question, Brandon. I, I, my hope for our industry, our company, is that employees and leaders see HR as a resource of support, uh, as a thinking partner, that place to go where when there's a question about people or the culture of the organization, that HR is not only at the table, but they're leading alongside the other managers, and they're making the other managers better, at what they do in a way that that manager couldn't have foreseen before they worked with that HR person.
1: So before I cut you loose, what's your favorite part of HR?
0: <laughs> well, I love the people side of HR. So I, I've never been drawn to the the compliance and even the, um, you know, the kind of day-to-day the, of HR. The
1: necessary. The necessary evils, parts of yeah. it.
0: But I love People development. Mm-hmm. I love watching people like you who've come into our organization six, seven years ago and watch them grow and develop. It's it, when my head hits the pillow at night, that's what really makes my job meaningful.
1: No, that's great. And I actually just, I'm not an HR person myself, but watching people grow, I think that is the, that's the funnest part of HR, isn't It's it? Really, is, is. Is really coaching and developing yeah. and really focusing on the professional development yeah. for people. Because if you, I think if you can grow people within your organization, it's a lot easier to to build a business that way, then it is to attract talent from the outside. That's a great, you gotta do, you gotta do both. You gotta but.
0: do both, but it's a great point, Brandon, because we have found our most success has been with people that we've hired, um, who are smart and capable, but we've been able to train them along the way. And we have so many examples I, I am one of them. I've been here almost 24 <laughs> years now, and I attribute it to Bill Stoller and his willingness to work with me and give me opportunities be, even before I thought I was ready. Um, and that is just a, a pretty special place when you have that kind of development opportunity for somebody where they could dedicate their career to one company.
1: Before we end, what is a piece of advice you would give to somebody aspiring to be an HR professional?
0: Great question. Great question. I would say think outside the box, Uh, remember that it's about people, and that surround yourself by mentors who uh, look at the practice of HR as a way to support both businesses and people in a creative, dynamic way.
1: And what about the business owner who's skeptical of HR?
0: I would say to the business owner who's skeptical of HR, open your mind to the possibility of what a really good HR person or HR team can bring to your business. And it can have pretty transformational impact.
1: And Donovan, president of Zenium, thank you for being on the podcast. It was a pleasure. Thank you. This podcast is produced by Zenium Resources, Inc., all rights reserved. For information on guests or for interview requests, please visit www.zeniumhr.com or email info at zeniumhr.com. Everything on this show should be considered educational and informational only, and not personal advice. Please consult with the appropriate tax, legal, or business professional for individualized advice.